Uh, turn with me to Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 12. Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 12. King Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. Solomon wrote this book to show that the real meaning of life is to focus on things above and material things fade away. King Solomon was the definition of what society deemed as successful. He was the wisest, most richest person to ever live. And people tra traveled thousands of miles to witness his life. King Solly was that guy. King Solly was that guy. He was that guy. But even, even though he had the world at his fingertips, it did not satisfy his appetite. In fact, he felt like he had wasted his life on meaningless things. What he needed was Jesus and relationships. So what we're talking about tonight is community and how important community is in our lives. So if you're taking notes, I want you to tie this message, community matters. We're going to start reading in verse 8. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom I am toiling, he asked, and I am depriving myself, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? A miserable, a miserable, I can't talk tonight. We're going to get there. A miserable business. Two are better than one. Everybody say that. Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. If one falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, say if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Say that again. They will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Say that with me. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Lord, we thank you for tonight, God. We just ask that you would open up the minds in the hearts of every student, leader in this place, Lord. I thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. I just ask that you would fill the room, Lord, that, that they would walk out of here mending relationships, Lord, fixing old relationships, starting new relationships, but ultimately knowing how important it is to be in community with each other is the ultimate goal, God. So I thank you for your word. We stand on it tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. I lost my pops in 2016. For you who don't know what Pops is, I lost my dad in 2016. I won't tell the story. I won't tell the story. But I will say there was two options that I could have done. On one side, I had friends of mine that were taking me out to party to cope with the pain. And on the other side, I had friends of mine who were praying with me to deliver me from the pain. So there were two sides in 2016 when I was deciding on whether or not to fully commit to Jesus or to fully commit to what culture had for me. And the day that I lost my dad, there were multiple people in my life that called, talking, wanting to have conversations, praying for me, giving me words. A couple weeks later, I had a couple friends of mine who were like, yo, let's go out tonight and have some drinks. And I was like, bet. I'm like, let's do it. I got a friend of mine named Cameron Murray. Some of you guys know Cameron. If you know Cameron, raise your hand. Cameron is a longtime friend of Undivided. Actually, his dad is the pastor of this church, and his brother's taking it over. So he's a very good friend to this church. Um, and he decided that he was going to call me that night. And he's like, I will uh, come pick you up. Let's go to the rock and get some fries. I just want to be with you tonight. I know that you're hurting. I know that you're going through some things. I just want to be with you tonight. And in that moment, I had two options. 
I could have went out with a friend of mine to go drink, or I could have hung out with Cameron, who was going to bring me up. What did I do? I went out and I had a beer. And I decided that that was the lifestyle that I wanted to live. I decided that rather than seeking Jesus, rather than turning to friends who were going to pull me out of my slump, that I was going to continue to drink and party and do what I felt was better for myself to gain what I thought was going to heal me, but it was just a temporary coping mechanism. I chose drinking, and for months on end, all I did was that. And can I tell you how hurt that I was, how empty that I was, how broken that I was, until I picked up the phone and called Cameron and said, bro, I need a rock date tonight with french fries and queso cheese. That's what I need, because I know what you're going to do for me in that moment. You're going to pray for me. You're going to give me encouragement. You're going to give me words. You're going to treat me as if I matter to you, not just a friend who wants to do dumb things with me, but someone who is going to call me out of my slump. That's what he did for me. And I feel like that's what we need to remember about community when we think about community, is that your friends dictate what your future will look like. That the people you surround yourself with matter. My friends that I'm around make me better or they hold me back. Better yet, the people I surround myself with either bring me closer to Jesus or they keep me stuck. You ever heard the quote, show me your friends and I'll tell you your future? What does your circle look like? What does your circle look like? Like who are you hanging out with outside of church? I guarantee you I can walk around your circle and tell you exactly what your future is going to look like based on who you hang out with outside of this place. Show me your friends and I'll tell you your future. Check your circle. Check who you're hanging out with. Who are you friends with outside of church? Because what I know to be true is that people who surround themselves with good people are shaping yourself for a good future. The Bible tells us this all the time, like you, you surround yourself with bad people or non-wise people, then you're going to be bad or you're going to be non-wise. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. This word wise, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Much wisdom is learned over time. Get around some people who are wise. Get around some people who care for your future. You want wisdom? Get around some people who are wise. You want to know why you can't get out of the hard relationship? It's because of the company you keep. You want to know why you're always sad? It's because of the company you keep. You want to know why you're always beating yourself up? It's because you have no one around you building you up. Why you can't seem to get unstuck? It's because of the company you keep. Show me your friends, I'll tell you your future. The company you keep is making you stay where you are. So in order for us to get out of our slump, we got to have kingdom friendships. Godly friends. Find some friends who are going to call you up. Remind yourself, the company I keep matters. The people I surround myself with matter. I am worth good community. I need to check my circle. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on this idea of kingdom friendships. Godly friends. Kingdom friendships produce 
kingdom values. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't let what King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to do dictate their life as a collective. They stood on business. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him. This is in the Bible. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this situation. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Oh, that's so much better. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, how many of us need to know that? Even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. If you don't understand the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar built this gold image and he's trying to get them to worship this. And they're saying, no, I serve a God that I will not bow down to this image. And as a collective, they stood on business together we are not going to bow down to this image. We won't do it because as a collective, as friends, we're not going to bow down to it. We need more friends willing to say no. I've been there before. I've done that. I've been down that road. You, can't, you can throw all the things you want at me. Call me what you want. But I serve a God who is on my worst day, the best thing I could ever need. We need more friends like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing on business for what they value. What do you value? Check your circle. Check your circle. Do you have kingdom friendships in your life? You got to check your circle. Kingdom friendships are more important on your journey with the Lord. Some of you guys aren't going to like this next one here. Kingdom friendships aren't easily shaken. Kingdom friendships aren't easily shaken. What I mean by this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood together. And they said, we, we aren't bound down to the image. We won't do that. And they stood together on that. Wasn't easily shaken. But I think sometimes in here, we got friendships that when things get hard, rather than going to each other and fixing it, we gossip about each other. Instead of going to each other and having a conversation, we put up barriers and we start talking about each other behind each other's backs. Kingdom friendships aren't easily shaken. Kingdom friendships are, hey, I felt offended by what you did to me, so we should have a conversation. Kingdom friendships are, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to protect your name. And someone was talking about you, but we should have a conversation to fix this together. Kingdom friendships are, I'm not going to go behind your back and talk about you because I love you too much. Kingdom friendships mean we have to have Love. First Corinthians talks about if I speak in tongues of men of angels, but we do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if we claim to be good godly friends and followers of Jesus and we do not have love, we are just a bunch of noise friends. That's it. Doesn't matter. Like the relationship you're in, the friendship you think you have, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It is just a bunch of noise. Clanging symptoms and gongs. That's all your friendships are. I wish I had two of them so I could just make a ton of noise because that's what you would be in. If you rather gossip about your friend than show them who you can be in love, it is not a true kingdom friendship. 
And it's time to start mending those relationships tonight. It is time to start fixing those things. Kingdom friendships help you become stronger in seasons of weakness, pointing you back to God every time. I have to give up friends because they point me back to culture and I need friends who show me Jesus. Just like when I chose drinking over hanging out with Cameron, there was a point in my life in that season where I decided, you know what, I'm done hanging out with people that keep me empty and depressed and alone and selfish and don't love me. And I have to start hanging out with people that are going to show me Jesus. I'm not talking about tell you a Bible verse. I'm talking about people who are going to show you what it means to be a follower of God. People who are going to show me what it means to follow and walk with Christ. I just, I can't anymore, any longer stand for the gossip and the drama and the beef between your friendships. It's time for us to put that stuff aside and say, you know what? We at Undivided believe in kingdom friendships. And we at Undivided are not going to stand for gossip. And we at Undivided are going to go for what Jesus has for us. And we at Undivided believe that God has a bigger plan for us. And we at Undivided are not going to gossip. And we at Undivided are not going to do what we used to because we are being transformed. Think about the verse in Romans. It talks about not being conformed, but transformed. Conformed meaning that you're okay with sucking up to culture and what they have for you. Transformed meaning that you are changing for the better. That God is doing a work inside of you. And we are no longer conforming to what we used to be. We are now transforming into God who's walking us out. That's, that's ultimately the goal. Kingdom friendships matter. The rest of that story would go, God showing up. And reminding us why he's so good. Because King Nebuchadnezzar then threw them in the fire. I mean, so hot that it ended up killing the guards, walking them to it. And from a distance, they're watching the fire and they see four people in the fire, but only three were thrown in there, which means God was in the midst of the mess that they had stood on, meaning the business that they were standing on, the value that they had with God wasn't easily shaken. So what they knew to be true was that we love Jesus and we're not bowing down to your image which means that God was in the midst of that with them. How many of you know that when you bow down to culture, you're bowing down to the enemy? But when we stand on business with God, that he's in the middle of it with us. And just like they walked out of that fire and got promoted, God wants to walk out of your life with you. He wants to walk it out with you. So remain faithful to his word. Remain faithful to kingdom friendships. Don't do the gossip and let God do the work in your community. Here's why community is important. I love this section of scripture reminding us that we are not supposed to be doing life alone, that we need people. Number one, when I fall, check your circle. Who you got? Verse 10 said, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Man, when I'm weak. I find my strength in Jesus, but when I'm struggling in a dark place and feel alone or like I'm being attacked, the community I choose will either pull me up out of my slump or push me down further. Just like Cameron did for me when I lost my pops. When you fall down, who can you lean on? When you are struggling, who do you reach out to? And on the flip side of that, friends, who are you helping up? 
Who are you walking with and showing love to and not gossiping with? Who are you being a good friend for? How can you be a better support for your circle? Number two, it says two are better than one. Verse 11 said, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? I'm not saying lay down with your friends. But what I do read is when I feel like I need people and I'm around people that I love, it makes me feel better. You know that feeling when you, you just talk to someone about nothing, but you know that they love you and you leave feeling refreshed and refilled? That's the kind of friendships we need to start having. Last night, I got a random phone call, just random. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm stressed out. Just started school. So I'm doing classes. And I get a phone call. and I pick it up and I was like, usually people call me and something's happening. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> what's up, bro? What's going on? And he's like, oh, nothing. Just wanted to call you. Miss you. We talked about nothing the entire time. Hung up the phone. He's like, I got to go. call you right back. And so he hangs up the phone. But then he calls me back. He's like, I just want to let you know I didn't forget about you. Hey, I miss you, man. Let's get fun next week. How many of us have friends in our life that, that you can get a phone call from someone and talk about nothing but it's so important, and when you leave that phone call, you start feeling better. It's not about laying down. Don't lay it down with your friends. That's weird, especially if you're guys in here. That's, just don't do it. But who can you call? Better yet, who's calling you? Do you have friends that are calling you and checking on you? We talked about nothing for 10 minutes, but it was the best conversation I had all day. Shout out to Quentin, by the way. Quentin was the one who called me last night. But I do it for a lot of people. Randomly called Malachi on my way home. And he tells me updates about his life. Sometimes I call Tanner just to check in. Hey, how's RKO going? There's people in my world that I love that I call. I got youth pastor friends in different areas that I'm like, hey, man, I just want to check on you. How you doing? But it's because I care. And I want to be the kingdom friend. I want to be that godly friend to people. I want to show what Jesus looks like. I don't want to just tell people. I want to be an example of what God is doing in my life. And so I'm going to continue to call people, hey, how you doing? What's going on in your world? Because I care about you and I love you. And that's my goal. Who can you call or who is calling you? And if you don't have anybody, call me. <laughs> I'm not joking. If you're a girl, probably call my wife. But like, call us. You know what I mean? We will answer. Also, pray for her. Seriously, pray for her. I love that woman. Anyway, number three, who's got your back? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. I'm not easily broken when I got people who are walking through the fire with me. Who's protecting your name in conversations? Who do you have that is like, yo, 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 we're not going to talk about Pastor Quentin that way. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about him that way. Who, who do you have in your circle that is protecting your name? When your name gets brought up in gossip, who is shutting that down? Who do you have in your world that is protecting you? I'm asking valid questions because I'm a man of reflection and I need you to know that I'm only asking you this so you could think about it. And if you don't, it's probably time for you to find some good kingdom friendships. 
Number four, it says, God is there for you. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Sometimes we have friends who just aren't it. <laughs> like, like sometimes we have friends who just suck. <laughs> like, if I can be completely honest, there's, there's friends in my life um, that I love to death. But I would rather not go get a burger with for happy hour. Like, because what they do is rather than fixing themselves and keep working on themselves, they drain the life out of your person. They stretch you thin. They make it hard for us to be ourselves around them. If you've got friends that are sucking the life out of you, it's not that you give up on them. What you do is you love them from a distance. Gosh, I love you, but I cannot be your friend right now. And it's not that you're a bad person. You're just setting up boundaries for yourself. Man, I got some stuff I'm struggling with. And every time we talk, it seems that I am further and further in a hole. <laughs> Again, this is not a shun them and gossip about them and talk bad about them. But what this is, is a you setting up boundaries for yourself to know my capacity. And my capacity right now is I can't be a good friend for you. And it's not that I don't love you. But right now, I just cannot be that person. So what I'm doing is creating distance in order for me to build back up and then we can link up again. But right now, I need some space. It is okay for you to have space, friends. Can I tell you, it's okay for you to set up boundaries. I think sometimes we have to, we think about forcing ourselves into relationships with people. And then we have nothing to give to anyone. And I'm here to tell you tonight that you do not have to force yourself into relationships. There is something called boundaries. And it is healthy for you to create boundaries. But it talks about that friend. Like, this soon comes to ruin, this person. There is someone who promises to never leave you nor forsake you, who plans to prosper you and has a hope for you and a future for you. You just have to put your faith in him, and that's Jesus. Like, Jesus wants to be your friend. More than anything, he wants to be your friend. More than anything, he wants a relationship with you. Like, God wants to spend time with you. I'm in school right now, and I learned this thing called statio. And this, this word statio is, is the idea that we have in between moments, like moment to moment. There's a pause from one moment to the next moment. This idea that like, hey, we don't have time for God can get thrown out of the window when you think about statio. Because if I'm going from one moment to the next moment, before I enter that next moment, I'm recentering myself with who I know God called me to be. This idea of statio means I don't have time to let the things that I'm stepping into affect me anymore. And God is trying to say, if you would just spend extra time with me, I could fix what you're going through. I could walk you through that situation. I could give you strength. I could give you guidance. But I think oftentimes we get so caught up in like, man, I'm just going to wait till Wednesday night and that breakthrough is going to come and those chains are going to fall. But then Thursday morning, we're stuck in the same place because we have not mastered the moment of praying before we enter the moment. What I want us to do is know that Jesus wants to spend time with us. And so from moment to moment, we've got to continue to pray to God. I'm getting off of a, a, a tough conversation with my wife. Before I enter the office with my boss, I'm going to pray, Lord, thank you for that conversation. But guide me into this conversation. I'm getting off of work, and if I had a tough day at my job, 
what I'm going to do is before I get in the car and call my wife, Lord, today was hard, but I know you've got a plan. Bless this conversation with my wife. If I'm, if I'm studying for a test and I'm getting ready to walk into the classroom before I let myself feel anxiety, Lord, remember what you let me study the other night. Let that be this morning. From moment to moment, I'm spending time with God. I'm not letting each moment give me anxiety or frustrate me. I've got to give it back to Jesus. Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 12, it says, There was a man all alone. He had neither, nor, he had neither son nor brother. There was no one... There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. What I want you to remember is community is important. The people you spend your life with is important. Check your circle. Make sure your friends are not pulling you down but lifting you up. The people you surround yourself with is going to shape your future, and I need you to know that that matters. Godly friendships are the most important thing you can do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for each and every one of these students, leaders. God, we just ask that you would empower us to walk into our friendship circles and ask the tough questions, Lord. In the tough relationships, create distance if it's needed, God. We just ask that you would help us in all of our relationships, Lord. We thank you for this relationship series. We just ask that you would bless Naharka next week, Lord. Bless me next week, Lord. And we thank you for Undivided as a ministry. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen.